Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Brittany Mastro and Kelly Salomon. You guys, how you doing? Good. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being willing to uh, hop on and and talk dodgeball. And just to kind of preface this episode a little bit, um, Lucas has kind of been doing his own thing, which I really appreciate and love doing. And when he uh, kind of took the lead and started doing the men's uh, coach's perspective episode that I think will come before this one, definitely wanted to reach out to you guys and um, kind of been meaning to this for a while too. Um, I know Brittany, you and I had kind of been back and forth and, and having you on, but what I saw was um, a really good opportunity to kind of just understand what you guys look for in terms of like how to improve as a player, how coaching has shaped um, the course of competitive dodgeball as we know it, and just pretty much make this like a, I almost want to say mini so, but just something where players can really take away a lot of good uh, golden nuggets. So um, before I get any more long-winded, let's just introduce you guys again. So obviously, Brittany, um, let's just focus on like the Team USA aspect. So how long have you been uh, te- a Team USA coach? Um, that This is my, this past year was my second year as a USA coach. Second year. Nice. And Kelly? This is my first year. First year. So off the bat, um, how did you guys, and we'll start with you, Brittany, how did you get into coaching? Like, how did that happen? Well, that's a funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, mean, I'll tell you the honest truth about it. Um, Okay. The first year, um, or my first year as being a coach, before that, I had gone to the combine, um, you know, as a player, and I had played, I don't know, Kelly, three, four years um, before that as a player. Yeah. Um, and after the combine, I didn't have a very good combine, to be honest. I pretty much sucked, <laughs> except for like the last game um, where we got to play as a team. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, what I know that I'm good at is I'm good at recognizing people's strengths and kind of putting them in a place that makes them successful. So, um, that's basically what I did in that last game. And so, but that was the only good thing I did all day, to be honest with you. And I ended up getting a call from Kelly and, you know, Kelly and I have known each other for a very long time. And so she was the one to call me, of course, and basically tell me, you know, at this point in time, um, you didn't make the team but um you can be you have a choice you could choose to be an alternate and wait or you can we're looking for someone to be a head coach and we think that you would make a great head coach um and so um you know while you know not while maintaining my my no filterment uh you know personality here at the end of the day i knew that i wasn't going to be a good alternate because um I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be best. That wouldn't be what was best for the team. And if I was going to be a head coach, um, I knew that I could give my all and I could be focused and it could be something that I could genuinely help the team to win. And so that's, it was a hard decision. I cried a lot about it, to be honest. Um, but that was what I knew was in the best interest of dodgeball as a whole for our country, to be honest. And so that's what I decided to do through many tears and decisions and talking with honestly like my family and everyone so dang it's a couple things i want to kind of bite on um and just just so i'm clear it was 2018 and 2019 right that, that you've been yes two years right 20 yeah yeah okay. yeah wow it's been a long time <laughs> somehow it feels like it's been just an impossible amount of time um yeah especially given all the recent happenings um so clearly, I mean, you can tell just like listening to you, like it making Team USA meant 
meant an awful lot to you. Did because you have a you know you have a history of um, commentating for UDC. Like, do you feel like that's kind of helped you? Did that help you shape into like more of a captain role? Like you said, you didn't really have a good like coaching. Or you didn't have a good combine experience, but you were still able to kind of bring the team together. Did UDC help at all with that, or is that just like your tendency as a player? I think it's always been my tendency as a player, like, you know, playing on pop that or, you know, for that many years, I was the play caller 90% of the time. Um, you know, obviously there are other players in the team that would, that were stepping up and helping me, of course. Um, but you know, most of the time everyone's looking to the right. Cause I played in the corner. Um, everyone's looking to the right for, for me to make a play call. So I knew it was something that I could do. Um, I knew it was a way, you know, I, I read the game pretty well. Um, and that's actually kudos to Azalea because Azalea was a lot, has always been a big part of the brains um, behind Pop That, and she's actually taught me a lot um, when it's come to strategy and really understanding the game. And you carried this over into Force, didn't you? Like you're you're one of the the few women corners that would play in coed. Yeah, Glenn gave me a shot to play corner. That was fun. Nice. So commentating, like you, you pretty much sounds like you already had an eye for it. Commentating maybe just helped better. Did that give you like a new perspective? Yeah, it just gave me a different bird's eye view, I guess. Cause you know, being a player on the court is different. is a different view than being a coach. Um, and also I think um, being a part of team USA, the first three years and it was, it's really hard um, as a player on the court to make adjustments and see adjustments because there's so much more on you. You have to worry about, you know, playing and staying alive while also trying to adjust to what's coming at you. And, you know, we, you know, we have, we're trying to make sub changes and, you know, play calls and all these decisions that the girls were, were trying to make without a coach. And so I knew that was such a, it was such a difficult position to, to be in, but it also took a load off of the girls playing because all they had to do was just focus on playing at that point. Right, just kind of focus on the game. Somebody else will make the heavier decisions, just stay alive, kind of. Yeah, I mean, as a coach, your goal is to focus on, on you know, who's basically who's playing, what the strategy is, you know, and then once they understand, once the team understands the strategy, now you know you have the players in the court to, to make, make the proper calls. Um, you know, the job as a coach just just to make the adjustments and, you know, kind of course correct as needed. Gotcha. I'm hoping to, to get more into the weeds with, with that exact thing is just how do you make these strategic calls? What do you look for? How do you keep people in line? How do you keep a team together when, you know, milliseconds can make all the difference in the world? Um, before I do that, though, I want to go to Kelly. So this was your first year, 2019 was your first year of coaching? Correct. How, uh, what, what was your position where you can choose the coach? Like how, how did that happen? So I guess two years ago when you, when you looked at where you, when you approached Brittany, were you just from a scout perspective? Yeah. So in 2018, uh, after the combine, we as scouts, you know, had come together, made a decision and, you know, Obviously, not only out of respect and as a friend for Brittany, I, I did feel like I needed to be the one to talk to her. And also because I knew that it was a great opportunity to have her fill this role as head coach. I've played with her for a long time and I knew her ability to bring a team together, you know, understand the game, 
find the plays that need to be done and also really understand the opponents. So I thought it was really important uh, to, to bring her in and to get that started. So we were all very nervous at the time because um, we weren't sure if she was going to take the coaching job, but we really wanted her to. And we were lucky enough that she accepted and, you know, it, it worked out really well and it's been great to have her on. Nice. And what, what made you decide to become a coach or did somebody approach you last year? Um, it was a little bit of everything. Um, Brittany and I had talked and there were, you know, a couple options, but in the end, because we have worked so much together and have really long history with each other, I understand when, you know, what she's trying to get across um, and I communicate in a slightly different way than her. So kind of that idea of bringing it together so that we could communicate with the team as a whole. But you really, it was kind of with Brittany and I, and then we went to um, the scouts for the final approval. Gotcha. So it wasn't, you didn't pull, um, I'll be nice, but you didn't pull like this. I will, I decided to be coached. I am coach now. It was a. No, no, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily the coach next year either. Uh, this, you know, is always something that we look at when we're scouting and, you know, our first goal is let's find, you know, really kind of the best team that we can and also the best coaching that we can. So if that means that maybe a player has aged out or doesn't want to play anymore, but they look to be an amazing coach, then that would be a position that we could put them in. Gotcha. And to be honest with you, Steven, when it came when it came to I know my limitations when it comes to communication. I'm very blunt, and sometimes that doesn't always come across well to some people. Um, and just like Kelly said, you know, when it came to to you know understanding me, I needed like as a head coach, like you're also looking for someone who understands you, who can communicate to people that. I don't always communicate well with and so you know between kelly and myself i thought you know with her with her ability and being around the girls as long as she has as well she understands them just as well as i do and so it was a great opportunity for me to work with someone and almost learn from her as far as how she communicates and kind of slow me down sometimes because i i'm very quick um maybe too quick to say things that maybe i should think about before they come out so <laughs> kelly was more of my of my sounding of like my sounding board sometimes and she helped me you know be able to communicate some things in a more uh effective fashion than it would have come from me like more tactful maybe or just yes i know a lot about that um <laughs> no one that knows me from the dodgeball aspect will ever think otherwise but i know what it means to like say what you mean or say what you think and it just comes across the wrong way like what did i say or what did i do to this person why are they acting this way but yeah so you and kelly obviously complement each other really well and that's obviously one of the things that you look for in coaches imagine just as a team like do they work well together to be able to get this team together and online or on board exactly so and kelly i mean kelly's oh. part of the reason why why I was even in, I mean, dodgeball, like Kelly and, and Justin Payan basically took me under their wing when I first started playing dodgeball. So, you know, that's someone that's known me for at least 10 years and has, and has seen me kind of grow through the sport. So what better person to be by your side than someone who, who literally like knows you better than most people already has been through throughout, like you said, the course of 10 years. Um, yes. Yeah, so we I saw it all. <laughs> 
I mean, that's that's really cool. It, it shows that you know, um, there there was a, like there wouldn't be, but it just shows that there's a lot of thought behind you know approaching you. And and when Kelly said earlier, like I thought I would be the one as a friend to let her know, um, you know, you didn't make it for the team that year, but you were being considered for a coach. I imagine maybe it would have been a little bit different if somebody else approached you. Yeah, I had a lot of heart calls that year. It was the first year and, you know, we knew by making some big changes, there was going to be people that, you know, didn't agree with them necessarily or weren't on board. And the, the Brittany's call was a hard one. <laughs> yeah, I uh, don't have you in that position. Um, I'm, I don't think it's fun telling anybody you didn't make it regardless of what it is, but um we definitely have some really solid questions that um, Michael White had posted, but before I just want to ask um, both of you, starting with Brittany. So, what does it mean to be a dodgeball coach? Like, you know, we still kind of, even to this day, we still kind of struggle being recognized as a, uh, you know, like a I don't want to say a conventional sport, but like an actual sport. We still deal with the oh, you play dodgeball just like the movie, or you get these you know dumb little sound bites. But um, I mean, what did it mean to you, or what does it mean to you, Brittany? It was it was one of those things where the first year I didn't really take it, not that I didn't take it lightly, like that, that I like took it lightly, but I, I was just kind of like, well, here we go. Like I didn't I didn't really know, like I didn't really know what to expect necessarily, you know. And it was kind of dodgeball for me has always been so fun that I just kind of went with it and just like, well, I'm gonna make the most out of it and see what happens. And it, and then after that year, I was like, wow, like I could actually do this. Like this could be something that um that really like it's really helpful you know that could really help change dodgeball for us in in the u.s and so when the second year came you know kelly and i had multiple conversations about you know picking the team and you know in that process and i wanted to be a part of that process because i knew that that it was important for me in my experience now you know to get better you have to you have to make changes through experiences once you learn lessons and so um, the second year I think meant more because I had more vested in it emotionally. Cause I, it wasn't like, like they picked the team and then, then I was a coach of the team, right? I actually had the opportunity to, to be with the scouts and we, we had conversations about different girls and picking like, you know, picking that team with them. Um, it meant a lot, you know, and especially, you know, the second year in the row of giving, giving me a shot to do something that had never been done, um, you know, when the sense of winning, you know, two back-to-back gold medals and with, with the coach, you know, from our side, um, we never had a coach. So me being able to do it twice was something that I really wanted to do. Nice. And, uh, how about you, Kelly? I mean, going from, you know, all that you've done to a scout, um, to a coach now, like what, what does that mean to you? It was a really interesting experience. Um, mostly because, you know, I've played alongside with many of these girls for so long and getting the opportunity to kind of see it from a different angle, kind of as Brittany was saying before, it, it changes a little bit of your viewpoint um, and it gives you a little bit of a different perspective on it. And that's also what scouting did. Uh, and it kind of lets you see sometimes those holes or the places that, you need to work on or people who have a lot of really great potential and that you can put into that. And so I find it really interesting and it's almost, you know, more strategy involved in some of these aspects of it than when you were actually playing. Gotcha. 
I'm trying really hard not to like delve into rabbit holes, so I'm just kind of accepting the answer and just leaving it at that. But um, if people do want to hear more, then you know, let me know, and I'd be more than happy to um, expand. But what I think um, when I'm looking at this just block of questions that Michael just laid out, I feel like a lot of what I'm going to ask would follow up is, is going to be um, captured here. So um, I guess uh, we can kind of go take it from the top. And if, if you guys both want to chime in, um, let me know if you guys want to take lead. But um, the first question um, is, you know, I guess we kind of covered that one. What, call, what qualifies, uh, what qualities of yourself as a player do you think qualify you as an exceptional coach? Um, I feel like kind of talked about that already, just like the passion, the ability to take yourself out of the, the game, so to speak. But do you think there's anything that we might have missed in terms of like, like if you're going to look for like another coach, like what qualities are you looking for? I think that reading someone who can read the game is, is huge. Um, because people don't always, I mean, in my experience, there's a lot of teams that don't really take the time to watch film. Um, that don't really take the time to, to break tendencies down and watch it and, and, and really learn. Like we spent time during the tournament, we were watching Canada. We were watching, um, you know, um, all of them. I mean, I mean, Malaysia, I mean, we, it took, you know, the reason why that we beat Malaysia the first year was because we watched them and we figured it out and I'm not giving away any secrets, but we figured it out. And so when I watch in the second year, it's like, okay, we know what they did last year. Now what's the change this year. Right. So being able to adjust, I think is, is the ability to have a game plan because you've watched film and then in the moment being able to say, okay, Okay. Okay. What's not working. And then having the humility to go to your players and say, wait, what are you seeing out there? Because my sideline approach may look different than the, than the inline approach. And I don't know what they're saying to each other when they're calling plays or what their, what their idea is. So there'd be times where I'd go to like Kate or Z and like, Hey, what do you see? Or Brianna? Like, Hey, what do you see? Because theirs is different, but understanding that as a coach and and taking that player perspective that you see things differently than, than the person, you know, who's coaching you or vice versa, that you take the the ego and you, and, and you bring that humility and you're honestly able to have a good conversation about a quick one, of course, because you're playing, but about how to make those adjustments. Nice. Yeah, so you might have had a plan watching Team Malaysia and it may sound like the most awesome, best strategy in the world, but the second it starts to not go wrong, but just, it starts to deviate a little bit. Like you're willing to be flexible, fluid, listen to the, the feedback from, you know, the front lines and, and make the, make the adjustments. Yeah. Do you have an example of, of one? Um, cause like I, I still, and this is just me, like obviously not watching nearly as much films as I should or, or could be able to, but like, what do you look for? Like when you're watching team Malaysia, like does dodgeball have like an actual pattern where if you watch enough footage, you'd be like, okay, this is what this person does or this is what this person is likely to do or like how did you break that down and make them like I almost want to say not a factor this last season yeah it we did we broke it down and I sat with um I mean again I say this all the time on a podcast Azalea is brilliant um Z is like the brains of most operations um and so the first year I sat with Z and Kate and we watched Malaysia and I was like and Kate's very good as well and I said, what do you guys see? What do you guys see? And we're, we're kind of talking about it and we're, and we're replaying and we're going back and we're going, you know what I mean? Like, and our patterns, there are a hundred percent patterns in every single team 
um, in the entire country, in all over the world, everyone has a pattern. They have a style and the, the, the team that can pick up on it the fastest and control it to make it work for them. That's the team that wins. I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, like for example, I think it, it was Kelly Tumpermong. I think it was Australia that had like a double pitch back and we were trying to, the original goal was to try to combat it by going at him about it. But what was happening was everyone was getting picked off. And so we were just kind of like, and this is the, the simplest form of it that I can think of. Um, and this, and we were just like, okay, never mind. Like, like scrap it. Like, just like, get back. Like, don't even, don't even try. Just avoid it. Right. Um, yeah. When we had talked to about, you know, especially against those top teams where it was like, we had kind of a cutoff of like, okay, we've done this for, you know, we've tried it. We tried it again, three games down. No, no, we we're changing things now. We weren't going to let ourselves get too deep in it without changing. And, you know, that is where, you know, having the coaches there is really important because if you're on the court, you know, you have a strategy, you're kind of trying to stay with that strategy. You don't always necessarily realize how far in you've gotten yourself. When you have somebody back looking, you can really see that very easily and say, this is not happening. This is not working anymore. And we're not going to keep trying this and put ourselves in a hole just so that we can maybe get it a couple games out of five. That's not going to work. That's not going to win. Right. You don't have that much luxury or that margin of error if you just keep making the same mistake over and over again yeah and i think the other one of it is like if you're getting if we're throwing balls and our throwers keep getting picked off because they keep getting like sniped well then now like okay now make the adjustment you know there 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 are patterns like that that teams don't always pick up on um and i think that's one thing that our team does well because we haven't had a coach um, for so many years and we've all had to figure it out on our own. I think that really makes for such good players. And also, you know, we're able to have that conversation. And now remember, Steve, I mean, people realize, I don't, they realize this, these are all our friends. Like these are mine and Kelly's friends. These are not just like players. Like these are my peers 10 months out of the year. Right. And then for two months now I'm like in charge, like that's a whole <laughs> other conversation, but <laughs> You know, so, but when it comes down to it, I'm not there to be right or to, you know, I'm not there to prove that I'm right. I'm there to help my friends win a gold medal. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to be the first person like, hey, I know you're smarter than me, you know, in these situations. So what do you see? You know, and they'll give me feedback and I'll be like, okay, okay. And, and, and I'll be like, okay, what if we did this? Could that work? He's like, like, yeah, that could work. Okay. And then I start relaying that to the rest of the team. So everyone who's on the sidelines, now I'm relaying all that information because we're constantly subbing. So the next team that goes in, for the most part, most of them are know the information and I'm filling in the team that's still on the court in with the change of what's happening. So it kind of sounds like you're more like a like a facilitator. You're not a leader. You're not like the dictator. You're just like, what can I do to help you guys win? Whatever it is. Yeah, and well, Kelly and I will talk too. Like I'll look at Kelly and be like, hey, is this happening or is it just me? And she'd be like, okay, wait, wait, wait. And she's like, yeah, I think it is. I'm like, okay. And then her and I would talk about it. Yeah. I mean, Brittany is definitely a leader and 
you know, it's not a dictatorship in any sense. We have amazing players. We, you know, we would talk about all the time. We're like the amount of talent that we get to coach is insane. And it, it was just silly sometimes. And so, it, but this doesn't work unless they see, you know, their coach as a leader and they definitely do. Um, you know, Brittany's been playing a long time. She's very well known. She's decorated. She's MVP. Like it is, you know, good to have that in a sense because, you know, it does show that they have a lot of respect and that helps out later on when it gets a little bit tougher and she does have to make some decisions or changes that maybe they don't all agree with um, because in the end she's the head coach and that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we went over your career, Brittany, um, it, it'd just be like, okay, what more proof do you need? Um, very impressive resume. Same with you, Kelly. Um, and the fact that, um, you guys have gold medals now underneath you. It's like, do, do you need, what kind of proof do you need? Um, but it sounds like, like you said earlier, like you're not, your ego is not involved. It's just, what can I do to help this team win? And, um, one thing I wanted to ask was, do you guys get like nervous during any of this? Um, I know it's kind of a, maybe a dumb question, but I'm curious, like, actually I kind of want to ask both of you. So starting with you, Brittany, like, you know, everybody's watching you guys, everybody's expecting team USA to get the gold. Like, how did you deal with nerves if you had them? Oh. <laughs> I'm Kelly glad I asked this now. Because Kelly and I <laughs> may or may not have taken some shots before some games. I, you know, somehow I had a feeling alcohol might've been involved just to calm the nerves a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we, it's, and I, I know this is, I don't know if this is ever going to come up, but me and Ke like, it, we called it herding kittens. Like it, it's not these girls, like they're, they're so our And Kelly just said, like USA is so talented. Like the level of athleticism that we had on our team. And it was, it was hard. Like it was hard for us to even pick who was going to make it and who wasn't because of the amount of talent we have just in the country in general. Um, so for me, my mindset was like, man, like we have all the talent in the world. If I can just every game, it was like, all we got to do is take the talent and make it work together. And they've all known each other for long enough and, you know, played around each other long enough that it wasn't really that hard to get them to do the, like, have the game plan. Um, but it was sometimes some people were more focused than others. Hmm. Right. So you're, you're just kind of managing. I, I feel like I spent more time kind of managing the, or Kelly and I bolted. I think Kelly probably more cause she knows I can't, I can't deal with a lot of it. Um, the emotional aspect I think is more nerve wracking. Cause you're like, well, who's going to show up today? You know, because there's a lot of girls and we rotated not 12, nine, 12, right? Nine, 10. We did nine. a 10 with the two alternates added in yeah and then they were they were on the roster anyway they were activated um so you know you had um you had 10 we had 10 girls in different rotations so every rotation was different so i don't yeah i think we just dealed it with, with like we had like a you know a couple shots and just kind of like all right here we go <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like for the most part i felt great you know i didn't have too many nerves um we kept pulling through you know there was players every day there was different players 
that were having really great days. And they were, you know, like it, it was great because you could see this over, you know, the time period just working out really well. And then we hit Australia oh. and I, I, I almost died <laughs> inside. Um, and the hard thing about that game is it was just such a good game. Our players, their players, it was so nerve wracking because everybody was playing so well. And so when there was even like the smallest hiccup or someone made just the tiniest error, it mattered. And that type of situation, that's when my nerves would start going. Um, but you know, as you all saw, we pulled it off. And yeah, it, was... But that game, I may have lost a few years. That was uh, probably my most favorite moment during the entire thing. Um, just watching that live and just really just losing my 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 you know what I was, I was actually jumping up and down yelling like like Paige, oh my god like I you know and I'm very I'm a very emotional person so it was um, I apologize to my my neighbors downstairs but that was incredible to watch and I just I I remember asking myself like how did they get in this situation like I guess Australia really is that good because I just come from the idea that. It, it's Team USA is just so powerful and so talented. Like I thought, you guys were kind of just gonna walk through it, but um, that was that was nerve wracking. But that was the only time really where you actually had a chance to actually feel nervous, uh, Kelly. Yeah, I felt like otherwise than that, I felt pretty. I mean, even going into the championships, like by that point, I felt really good. The team was being cohesive. We had really come together and. Um, at that point, I figured, you know, we should have this. The, this, unless this completely falls apart for some crazy reason, there's no reason we don't get another gold medal. Right. Um, when we played Canada, you know, I think the first few games are always a little nerve wracking. But then, when we're just watching our girls play, it was, it was amazing, and it just really helped to kind of settle a lot of that. They went in with the strategy, they fulfilled that completely and got the win. So Australia was the one that they got me a little bit. <laughs> I think I think I grabbed like when time was up and it was just Paige left it. I just grabbed um Britt's arm and I was like, All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well I loved uh talking to Paige about what was going on through her mind when that was happening and that was kind of what made me want to do this um even a couple months ago is just understanding you know most people that aren't that familiar with dodgeball will never understand or appreciate the calculations and thought process that goes on through someone's mind within a matter of seconds and to be able to have her walk through each little minute like action was was really cool i was just like yeah people need to understand that this is a big deal for this very reason like she did so much um and that just goes to you know following through with the talent and, and plants you guys have um, and maybe just not getting nervous is trusting that you guys are going to pull through when you need to the most. The one thing I wanted to add it ab add about Paige in that one, because that Australia moment was just freaking, it was insane. But the thing that I knew about Paige and we had had practice, you know, before the tournament for a couple days, Paige would do that all the time in practice. She was hobbling around all over practice but like three on one or two on one and Paige, Paige killed it I mean she closed out games in practice every single time and so when she's in that position 
and you know, everyone's freaking out and I'm nervous too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, man, if it's anyone to be in this position, it's her. And like, you know, after everything that happened, you know, last year, I don't know if everyone knows about it, but like, you know, there was some stuff with Paige that happened last year that was drama that we had gotten through to get to this point. I was like, this is her moment. Like this, I still get the chills. Like that was, that was such a cool moment for Paige because it was like her redemption moment of like, she's put in this position to like make a play. And she has, she's more talented and more athletic and more everything than any freaking player I've ever met in my entire life. Like if it was anyone that was made to do, to, to be in that moment, it was her. And the fact that she did what she did, it was like, dude, like there's, there's no one better. Like yeah. she, she's, she's incredible. Like I've never seen someone do the things that she does. Yeah. I, it's very well said. I mean, like at the end of the day, like there's no one else you'd rather have there and, and just understanding what she went through to get to that point and to pull through like that and bring you guys into the next round. And ultimately the finals is like, that's just nuts. That is legit. Like fairy tale. Yeah. Watch epic being like, there and like seeing it in real life was amazing. Oh, so good. I still, I still watch it over again. <laughs> God, what a- and if you don't, haven't seen it or don't watch haven't watched it or want to watch it again i highly suggest watching kate karen's video of it um that she live streamed i think usa put it up on theirs because the commentary (laughs) afterwards is just amazing (laughs) that was it was so cool seeing that too like just being able to watch you know live dodgeball with with commentary and sometimes the stream would like freeze it's like oh god what happened what happened what happened like please buffer quickly like quicker quicker but seeing everybody lose their their minds over that uh such a cool thing just to it doesn't take place obviously about being there but just to be able to experience that was really fun and um yeah just endless kudos to Paige for just being who she is and just coming coming from a that injury and and yeah yeah she, phenomenal she's nuts. like you can't ha- she was still hobbling she didn't even know it but she's literally plays on it on her right heel the whole game jeez <laughs> Freaking page. Oh man. Well, I'm, I'm glad she's in Arizona. I hope she actually gets to play dodgeball once things get back to normal and just kind of show us what's up. I don't think he'll be able to stop her. No, I hope not. <laughs> um, so I kind of going, going to page and like talent. Um, I, I kind of wanted to skip over to one of the questions that I had and that was just, you know, how do you get players from across the country with various levels of ego and talent, um, to quickly fall in line and, and buy into the team mentality. Cause you guys had what, maybe like a month to prepare once, once everything was, was set or like, how did, how do you guys do that? Well, we're lucky enough that I think, I mean, I don't think any one girl on the team had never played with any of the other girls. Mm-hmm. I think with the, with the addition of, of drip this year, not drip, finesse. <laughs> Freaking A. See, I've been out of the game so long. I don't know the names anymore. Your um, brain's dripping. I know my brain's dripping for sure. Um, <laughs> with the addition of finesse and you put Paige and you put Ashley in a position where they're now on a team with, with someone like Brianna, like Brianna in London, who's, who's such a good leader and she's so calm and, you know, and, and in the past, um, you know, Ashley and Paige have, have kind of been known for being a little bit more um, like high, higher energy in the sense um, and, you know, being, being led by someone like Brianna, who's, who's able to kind of 
show the power of, of calm, I think was an awesome growth experience um, for both of them. And it's not to say they weren't great before because they were, but it's, it's the maturity level, I think, that really changed their game um, for the better. And then now they feel comfortable, you know, being around other players. Um, you know, I think we're, I don't know, Kelly, tell me if I'm wrong. I think everyone had played with everyone. It wasn't like we had to reel anyone away from any, I don't know. They all had played together at some point. Yeah. I mean, there may have been a few girls that never played on the same team, but they've all played each other. You know, like, I don't know if like Brenda ever played with Kate or, you know, some things like that, but been at all the same but, tournaments, played each other and possibly in league have played with each other. So, right. And there's like, and enough we did oh. this year for women, you know, we did pop that in invasion and then the other two scrap and FTFB with that, it put invasion and pop that all playing together. And so, some, you know, the teams, so that made it, almost easier for USA because a lot of those girls were on the team. And so in every tournament for FTFB and, and scrap, we actually rotated players. So it was a different team. So I think, you know, that kind of helped us to be honest, it helped the team cohesion because, you know, with, you know, and people who play in LA who are from LA and play in LA, we've played, you know, if, if you're not on, on pop that or invasion and you're on finesse well you've played with any number of the girls on the team throughout la leagues you know so and then ashley ashley and Paige coming into finesse now you know you add with crystal and jojo like there's all of them they've all played together however you it's like one degree of separation so i don't think it was hard because we're all naturally friends and then the team that had played last year versus the team that had played this year um it was pretty similar i mean obviously there were some there were some differences and some changes but it was similar enough that it was just adding in the few new people that hadn't been on the team yeah so the familiarity was for the most part pretty much there it was because like you said like at some point they played with each other or they played against each other enough to know I'm not playing with a complete stranger. I, I'm pretty much aware of this person. You guys are watching film. So you're used to just having that court awareness already established. And then when you come in without an ego, you know, willing to, again, kind of help facilitate what's going to make the team win, it, it doesn't sound like it was that much of a, of a, of a jump. No. Um, kind of going back to players. So what, what skills do you guys look for in a team. So like for, for those that are listening that with aspirations of joining team USA, I, I guess next year, what, uh, what's going to, what's going to pick people apart from the rest? Like obviously talent's one, but I mean, what else do you guys look for that people might not expect or might catch, um, or might be caught off guard? I, I think the game has changed. I think we used to look for a balance of throwers and catchers, quote unquote, right? That's not how the game is played anymore. We want, we, I know this year specifically adding Scotty Rabo and Kelly can kind of speak to kind of how it's evolved. Um, you know, I think that we wanted players that were just all around players who could move, who could, because foam's different. You don't get to just sit on the floor and catch. Like, you got to move, you got to be dynamic, you got to throw, and you got to catch. And you got to know how to play a role. If you, if you are used to being a leader on your team, but on Team USA, now you got to be a role player. Well, can you do that? Can you can you put everything aside and do that? 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. And to a point where you saw the team we've had this year and last year, and you see that type of talent, these are all around players that are catching are throwing are have tons of movement on the court. That's what you need to get to, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. So when people come back after the combine and the, or the announcements and they ask, Oh, what can I work on? A lot of it, honestly, is I always try to tell them it's stamina and it's your ability to move because all too often I see throwers that can light you up any day of the week, but are just getting picked off because they have no movement when they're trying to dodge or, you know, people who just are very linear and they can't seem to break out of that. And so that's something we worked a lot on, you know, this year with the girls too, is to kind of increase that endurance and to make sure that they were constantly moving. You know, you don't get to rest. You're always moving. You're always doing something. And that makes it harder on the other team because they don't know what to expect. And, and, you know, the corner, the thing, someone's like, oh, well, I'm a corner and I didn't get to play corner during the combine. Then you just showed your weakness. Yep. Right. Exactly. Every single player on our team, which was, again, Kelly and I used to laugh because, like, this is dumb. Like, I'm looking at this team, like, you, they are so talented, it's dumb. Like, it's not even fair, to be honest. Because any player on our team can play corner and any player on our team can sit in the middle, get out of the way, or catch a ball coming at him. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter who you put in the, it didn't matter who I put in. They found the corners based on what was cool for them with who they worked with. But there were some times that players would, would be corners because they needed to be corners with this with with this group of players on the court. And the very next game, they'd hand their ball off to someone who they felt was a much better corner than they were. Or that played better in that spot against the person in front of them. Like we would we would give we would give assigned jobs but say, hey, if you're not feeling it that way, give it to someone who's feeling it. If someone's hot, give them the ball. And I think that that ability, like Kelly said, to just be dynamic, that like a, like we had 10 girls playing. And so can you imagine as someone who's a, playing against us, you don't know what's happening because we don't have the same players in all the time and not everyone's playing corner all the time. Not the same people are playing corner. So if you're trying to get a strategy against us, good luck because there's, I don't know, four different, five different rotations. Yeah, half the time we didn't even know what they were going to do. No. <laughs> write them down on cards i know i was on and we we actually made a joke out of it because we had a little card with stick figures that some of the girls drew for me to make sure that i could keep track um actually i stole from them so i can keep track but um you know some like like yeah like a rachel like rachel who's typically in the corner most of the time did she play corner yeah but if she if she was like nah not today like i'm not feeling it right now like i'm a little sore like here's z you take it and now there goes azalea on the corner you know, so everyone doesn't matter. And then Z would sometimes be find herself in the in the middle. And then she's so skinny she never got hit anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I that think that's the coolest thing about what we did. Yeah. And I think that also goes to show like one of my biggest things, you know, it's great to have, you know, confidence, but you can take your ego and sit it somewhere else because that's not going to work here. Um, all of these girls were so amazing about, okay, you know what? I, I'm not hitting right now. Like I need to change something up, give it to somebody else. Like 
there were no heroes on that court. Everybody was playing together to win. And that is the type of attitude that we need because it just, otherwise it becomes just show. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, you're going to bleep that. I was like, you know what? We made it this far and I got one so far. That's not bad. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to comment because I think Brittany said freaking at the last second. I was like, oh, thank you. But then I don't want to jinx it, but it's all good. The Brittany noise is hilarious. I'll try to throw in some more just to make it worth your money. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> yeah, it's. That makes sense. I mean, going back to like, okay, thinking about like watching for patterns and if, if you're the opposing team and you're like, oh, okay, Z's in corner. So we have a, a strategy for her, but then you line up and she's not there anymore. You're like, well, crap, what do I do? Yep. So it's, it's good and good to have that to throw throw the, the opposing team off. But yeah, I mean, I watching foam and just understanding how much uh, people put into the gym, you know, outside of dodgeball to get more limber and to get more fast and, and quick. Um, it almost sounds like, yeah, duh, at this point you have to have stamina and you have to have the ability to move, but then are you also willing to just say, Hey, I'm not really doing really good right now. I can sit out and not be a hero. Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out to Brenda Kramer because yeah. Brenda, she did a lot of work before, um, the whole year leading up to the combine, Brenda, Brenda did a lot of work. Um, and it showed. It showed in her stamina. It showed in that game she played against Canada. That was probably the coolest moment for me as a coach ever. The yeah, 4v1. Because I don't know if there if people know this necessarily because you don't see it on the video. But when Brenda turns and puts the ball over her mouth and looks at me, I'm telling her who to hit. And I, we start at one. I think we do one, three, two, and then the last girl. Um, I think that's I think I think that's how the the one we went but i'm yelling at her from the side and she's she's one before and i'm she's like she's like she's like brit who do i hit and i'm like okay one and she goes and she picks off one and then i think i said three and she hit three and i'm like and, and she just did it and it was just like and that kudos to her because she did the work i didn't do anything i just told her who to hit but her ability to mentally focus and hit her target and then there was one time she got, she, there was in that moment, she got a little bit too excited. I'm like, Brenda, breathe and back up. And she did, and she stayed focused. Like she didn't lose her, her anything. She didn't in for some, and for anyone who's played dodgeball going four on one or one on four, that's a hard, that's a hard game to win. No matter who you are, you yeah. get tired. And for her at the end of that game to have that kind of focus and that kind of stamina and that kind of strength and the and the mental capacity to listen and literally execute every single time like it was so cool because that's all her work that's all her hard work yeah she you know really took everything that i had told her after not making the team in 2018 and put in so much work to get to where she was for 2019 and it's just amazing to to see that because you can actually see the difference and that's what paid off in those moments like that is that's the work. If you don't mind me asking, what did you tell her? If you remember, because she was already a force to be reckoned with back then. So what did you tell her? Uh, I told her a lot of the same things that we've talked about here being more dynamic. Yeah. I told her that, you know, yes, she can throw, she has the ability to corner her catching wasn't really, as high as it is now and she needed to get her stamina up and that is exactly what she did 
Nice. So given everything um, that happened with, with COVID and the fact that we we're not having worlds this year. Um, were you guys still like on track to coach for this year or is that postponed or are you still going to have like some kind of coaches tryout or what is, what does that look like for you guys since you earlier you said it's not uh, guaranteed? Well, <laughs> are you allowed to talk about that? Um, well, I mean, I've made a personal decision that I've made last year, my last year of coaching. Um, I have made a, personal decision to step away from dodgeball completely so um it just been one of those things for me where um my my future as a coach while it could be great um my future as a as a mom and like wanting to to start a family and do those things not saying it's happening now um but you know dodgeball is costly dodgeball it takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment and um I would have to commit to things that I'm, I don't really want to commit to anymore. Nothing against dodgeball. It's been amazing. Um, and like you said, Steve, I've done a lot of amazing things in the sport and I'm grateful for them. And I'm so proud of my accomplishments, but it's for me, it's time to, to move on to other things that, that are going to fit me in a way that are going to continue to grow me and let me reach goals that I also want to reach. Yeah. Uh, that is bittersweet to hear. Um, cannot fault you for wanting to move on, um, with the next step or phase. Like I'm taking the notes here with your life and I almost feel like it goes right back to the hesitation that you had earlier where, you know, you're not going to be the best you can be as an alternative player. Like it's, it's all or nothing for you. And so why would you, after everything you've done, after what you've accomplished, um, in the past few years of coaching, like, why would you not put hundred percent into that if anything? So, um, well, Kelly, want to sad? Yeah, I was like, well, it's <laughs> yeah, I'm sad that Brittany's going. I understand her reasonings, but I don't like them. Yeah, I same. <laughs> Besides, I told her that I expect invitations to all of the baby things. Um, you know, in the future, she's not yes. pregnant. Anybody, let's not go crazy, okay? Let's also remember that. For me, being pregnant takes a lot of money. This is not like a this is not like a natural free free ride here. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and as far as coaching for the future, uh, obviously, as we're scouting, as we're going along, we will be looking for coaches, and I may still be a part of that. I may not. Like I said, I'm not. I'm here to make sure that USA wins gold. That's really my, my role. Um, and that is by picking the best people to be on the team and on the coaching staff. Um, and so we'll keep looking and I may be involved in some of that, or we may have some new coaches next year. And granted it's because like you just said, your mission is to help USA win gold. And if that's not you, then you'll find someone that will. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, shoot, I am even more motivated. Sorry, Brittany, to harass you more and get you online for a part two or just anything in general, just to get all the information I can out of you before, uh, before you completely step away for good. And um, I definitely want to stick to as close to the hour time mark as possible, as I said earlier. So I'm going to kind of just stop myself now before I get out of control. Um, 
I think that's, that's all I have. So I guess that being said, um, we can go ahead and just kind of end the interview here and maybe look towards a part two, but thank you guys so much for, for being willing to, to hop on and, and talk. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yep. All right. So before I wrap up, I, in my haste to keep this within the 45 to hour mark, uh, it was really hard to do. So I am going to go ahead and just kind of read the Austin Deke jokes, Austin Deke's joke of the day. Actually, this one's supplied by Alicia Demanuel. And uh, basically, there's an officer and a couple of parents that look really, really distressed. And the officer says to the parents, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your son set the school on fire. The dad very, very convincingly says, uh, was it arson? And the cop says, yes, your son. And they both look really sad. So definitely going to be a little bit quicker on the fly this time. Uh, there's just something about uh, telling dad jokes to yourself that's really weird. So anyway, um, if you tuned into this one, thank you so much for doing so. Um, as I said earlier with my really long preface of the episode, it's just there's so much to get out of Kelly and Brittany um, that I'd been wanting to do it in the, in the, in the first place. But then when Lucas, uh, started doing his podcast episode on, on the men's, um, how to do it for the women, because to, to be able to accomplish the things that they've had, uh, it, it just feels like there's a treasure trove of information, um, especially from Brittany. And after getting that bombshell of her stepping away from the dodgeball scene, I feel like more inclined to just continuously pick her brain and just get all the, uh, the quote unquote free chicken that I, that I can, Lots to learn from both her and Kelly, and I hope that if you did listen to this episode, um, there's a lot to take away from it, but I definitely want to have a part two. Um, this one where we actually get into the questions, because um, again, for the sake of time, I had to cut myself short. So on that that note, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I said I'm gonna do and just end it here. So if you are still listening, thank you very much for doing so. Have a great uh, rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, we can do video again. Um, it's just, I don't know why Brittany went from sounding really good to not as good. Yeah, it's fine. I'm... Is it better now? Uh, keep talking. Sorry. I'm going to keep talking. Kelly, how many times are you going to roll your eyes tonight? Probably a lot. I mean, sure. let's face it. Yeah, it's true. It's me. We spent a lot of time rolling our eyes in Mexico, too, so <laughs> it wouldn't make a difference.